Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Oh, hello, chickens. Uh, all right. Now we're finally going to hear from Matt, uh, who has been has written and clarified himself. By the way, this is a massive email, but I'm not going to read all of it. Uh, and it was beautiful. It was really quite heartfelt and impassioned. And I, I totally understood why he was upset at uh, me using the word homophobic because, you know, as as someone who's gay, he finds that word horrific. And the idea that being lumped in with a bunch of people who've been horrible to him in the past uh, is an awful situation. And he went on about that in some detail, which I'm not going to repeat here because, you know, let's, let's not go on about it. Um, <laughs> but also because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's upsetting. And I totally, yeah, apologise for making him feel like that. Um, and, you know, the as I've tried to explain, I didn't mean, I thought he was homophobic. It was the implication of something he said was, you know, I thought was homophobic. I didn't think he was going out of his way. Um, anyway, he's trying to, he's basically explained how he thinks that the storyline is undermining the 13th Doctor. And now that he's explained it, I it totally makes sense to me. So... I'm just going to jump into the middle of the email where he says, when Jodie was cast, there were a lot of stupid jokes about how there'd be curtains in the TARDIS and she'd have a pet cat, etc. All the usual sexist bunkum. Uh, oh, which, yeah, now that you say that, I'm totally on board, Matt. Like, I, 
Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, you know what would have been the most ideal thing is if she was amazing at driving the TARDIS. Like, you know how River Song was amazing at driving the TARDIS and the the Doctor has been no good at driving the TARDIS for the last 60 years. Um, like, you know, because there's the old trope that women can't drive. Um, to the point where I think that kind of that weirdly got into Star Trek. Like, every time... <laughs> Seriously, every time Deanna Troy was in the captain's chair, the the ship crashed. <laughs> I'm like, why? How come every time Deanna gets a go, that do they do you crash the spaceship? Um, she was, you know, that was that's the glass cliff of Star Trek. Uh, anyway, um, so I totally get that. Uh, Matt goes on. It was very much like when Russell T. Davis originally took on Who, and the press went on about the Doctor being gay, etc. It means the writer has to tread a fine line with regards to not stereotyping. E.g., don't give the female Doctor a handbag, <laughs> stuff like that. Although realistically, like you know, I would love a handbag, like a Sonic handbag. <laughs> It would be ludicrous. Um, and given how many things the Doctor has fit into their pockets over the many, many years of the show, it's like the coat is a handbag, to be honest. Like, it's emptying things out to find what's at the bottom. That's a mince. Um, there's always mints at the bottom of a handbag. Uh, so, yeah. The for Doctor Who's history, Matt says, the Doctor and Companion have been close. For the major- majority of the classic series, they were best friends. He was fatherly. The new series has taken it further. The Doctor and Rose were clearly a romance, and we witnessed it for two whole seasons, which really sold it. Indeed, the Doctor with Martha, after Rose left and he travelled with her, unknowing that she was in love with him because he was still pining after Rose. It was also visual. We saw it. We witnessed it. Yaz and the Doctor haven't had that. Um, if the Doctor suddenly declares she's in love with Yaz, it will have come from nowhere. I totally agree with you there. Like, I think I think we've seen more of Yaz kind of being into the Doctor. And I think it's been a lot more subtle than it was before. I think it's just like knowing looks and kind of like pining kind of glances. It's not been the... Um, you know, <laughs> I feel like it's because the episodes are so kind of packed now. It's just sort of like, oh, here's a glance from Yaz across the console room. Um, whereas with Martha, it was like, here's Murray Gold telling us that she's in love with him and he's ignoring her. Um, but yeah, I totally think that uh, it's not as explicit as it was back then. Um, and it, and maybe that's because they're worried about retreading that ground. Uh, and But yeah, I, I feel like it has been a bit more obvious with Yaz, but I, I certainly think if the Doctor confesses to feelings about Yaz, I will equally feel that it's it's not it's not been done well because we've at no, no point had any sense that between them there is anything but friendship. Although I do think Yaz is in love with the Doctor and the Doctor is not in love with Yaz. That's how I see it. Um, and I think, yes, uh, I do agree where Matt says, I don't think you can argue that the feelings in that direction have been signalled at any at all in any way. No, they haven't. So if that does happen, I see it as undermining the first female Doctor, as I see it as, oh, look, the Doctor's a woman now. Let's do feelings and romance. And is falling into a trap I mentioned about how writing a female Doctor would differ from how the male incarnations have been written. See, Matt, that is makes absolute sense to me. And... Again, I'm sorry for thinking that that was about uh, something else entirely. But yeah, I think now that you've explained it, I totally get it. And by the way, I was the only one (laughs) who 
thought that there was something underhand in it. Um, I got an email also from Paul about um, the undermining comments. Uh, who He goes on, basically explains the history of the Doctor's various companions, uh, you know, the, the feelings that he had for Rose, the flirtation with Amy, you know, uh, River Song, all of that stuff, um, and Martha having her unrequited love. Um, and says the Paul says the crush manifested largely in the year the Doctor was trapped in jail with Yaz living in the TARDIS, losing all sense of life. From then on, she was very blunt with the Doctor over many episodes, and the end result was a huge disparity between their perspectives. The Doctor sees Yaz as a competent friend, capable police officer, but definitely not a confidant. After all the time that Yaz has spent with the Doctor, I don't think she really knows the true nature of the Doctor, nor did Ryan and Graham. Largely due to the Doctor not letting anyone into her inner circle, but also because Yaz hasn't got any overarching space-time importance. Rose became Bad Wolf, Martha saved the world, Donna saved everything, Amy had her life distorted by a crack in the wall, eventually mothering Riversong. Clara was the impossible girl... Yaz has misinterpreted the Doctor's childish mannerisms as some type of affection and created in her head something much more meaningful. This came to fruition during Flux, when on a number of occasions, Yaz would come across like an old married couple with the Doctor, which the Doctor would, to, would respond to with a sort of disdain for her comments. Now, after all this, I'll get to where I also agree with Matt, that the 13th Doctor has been undermined by this Yaz storyline. I loved Martha's character. She's a smart, compassionate person who complimented the Doctor perfectly. The Torchwood crew also. Though Russell T. Davis left a lingering affection from Martha towards 10, he deservedly gave her the respect to read the room and know when something wasn't happening. Yaz hasn't got this maturity. So when I watch this era, I cannot stand anything from Yaz towards the Doctor. Personally, I still fail to see Jodie as the Doctor this late into her run. This frustrates me because she could have been the best since 2005. I love Capaldi because of his cynicism, however many didn't. This, I hope, didn't undermine his Doctor. For me, Yaz undermines the Doctor. We know the Doctor is a larger-than-life character saving the universe from itself. They aren't bothered with trivial relationships. Bill Potts proved this during her time. She was amazed and scared of the Doctor, never followed blindly, always questioning. Yeah, I loved Bill. I thought the relationship with Bill and the Capaldi Doctor was amazing. Um, Paul says, This messy, unrequited love stretching out is ruining the narrative. The Doctor needed to tell Yaz after sleeping a year away in the TARDIS where she stood. She didn't, and now it's insulting the character of the Doctor. Yeah, I, I kind of, I get what you're saying there. I get that part of it. I think this kind of goes back to, you know, when Graham was kind of talking about his feelings about, you know, being with the doctor and surviving cancer and the doctor was very weird about the whole thing, you know, almost calling back to when Clara had to hold up cards to explain to <laughs> to the Capaldi Doctor how not to be a complete idiot in front of people, like a complete emotionally difficult person. Like, you need to be nice here. Like, I loved that scene with those cards, like explaining to the Doctor how feelings work, essentially. Um, but, yeah, I think there have been a few instances where this doctor has been completely blind to the emotions of people in a, in a way that, um, you know, I, I think the Tom Baker doctor was a little bit like that, you know, you know, I think only Sarah was the uh, kind of the only one who he kind of 
felt kind of paternal towards. Um, and sometimes, you know, the the fifth Doctor with Adri, he just got really, like, angry at him when he was getting homesick. And it's like, dude, calm down. Um, anyway, thank you, everyone, for your messages. I do appreciate them. I do love having differences of opinion. I love hearing all of your thoughts and theories. Uh, so please keep them coming. Um, all right, the next episode is going to be... Peter has watched Black Orchid because I did during the in-between Christmas and New Year's and uh, he loved it when he was younger and I'm worried that his text-along recap is um, going to make him realise that it's a bit of a mess. Um, uh, There will be an explicit version available at patreon.com forward slash Adam Richard as well as the probably a little bit short (laughs) one that will be in the feed next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.